Welcome back, listeners. Today we are dropping another episode in our series titled The Notifications North Star, sponsored by our good friends Courier. Courier is developer infrastructure for product notifications, making it easier to deliver the notification experience that your customers expect. In our series, we'll be talking to customers, developers, and stakeholders within the notification space to learn about their notification strategy, how important it is, and how Courier is helping to solve this problem for product builders and developers alike. Today, I have Stephanie Griffith on the show on the Code Story podcast. Stephanie is an email and SMS marketing expert and a strategy consultant around marketing. She's been involved with big names like Drip, Thinkful. She's also the host of her own podcast, Conversational Commerce. Stephanie, thank you for being on the show today. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Before we dive into today's topic, tell me and my audience a little bit more about you and your background. I have been largely in the retail and e-commerce marketing space for the better part of the last decade. My first foray into marketing uh, was at Abercrombie & Fitch, so it was my first post-college job, and I was actually on the print production side of things. And that is only relevant to say I learned that I didn't love print production because I was constantly asking the question, what happens? What happens when we send signs to stores? What happens when we, you know, we have a sale and we're communicating it with folks? And I would be met with the response of, we, we don't know. We, we can't track the signs. Um, and so very quickly, that was my cue to jump over to uh, digital marketing where the tracking is much more rich. And, you know, selfishly, I think a lot of us are in that space for that reason. We want to know what our marketing is doing. I found myself on the email side of things when I made the jump. And my joke is, I didn't choose email, but I've consciously chosen to stay in it because you get that immediate feedback of, you know, did someone open this? Can I see that they clicked? Did they take that action that I want them to take as a marketer? And you get that kind of immediate response. So I'd be lying if I said it was entirely altruistic. I definitely, I love, I love the instant feedback. I love to know what's working. And so, yeah, for the most part, that's been uh, my experience over the last decade. And actually right now I'm on a sabbatical, which I think is important to talk about too, because it's very easy to just jump into a career, kind of keep going through the motions, really focus on, you know, climbing the career ladder at all costs. I, over the last couple of years, did the freelance thing, took a really exciting kind of high visibility role um, at Drip, had a wonderful experience there, and then ultimately some changes happened, and it was a good time for me to press the pause button. So now I'm kind of observing. Uh, Before I jump back into an advisory role or a more strategic focus role, I am really sitting here and like listening uh, and really trying to tune in more on the consumer side of how are brands communicating with their consumers? What does this look like on the marketing side? Do I agree? with it? Do do I want to perpetuate this? So that way, when I jump back in, I have a little bit more of kind of fresh eyes and can really say like, hey, brand, this is a good strategy. This is what we should be doing. Or, you know, hey, brand or hey, company, let's not do this. And here's why. And here's how it made me feel on the consumer side. So taking a little bit of reset. Well, I've heard through the grapevine that you were in a role that was sending millions of emails a day. That's a lot of emails. What is the primary goal for someone in that role? So that's throwing it way back. That was actually my first role, uh, which was as an email marketing coordinator for Bath and Body Works. When I was there, the list size, so the audience of email subscribers that we were dealing with was around 26 million subscribers. And we were a daily sender. I think we would joke that, you know, we would plan for a day of rest on our marketing calendar and it would roll around and we'd be like, ah, what's one more day of of emails? Let's just send it because we knew that it was so effective. 
for any other email coordinators listening to this, you know that the, the, the goal of that role is you're touching so many parts of the organization and everyone is looking at you to make the company as much money as possible by sending t- communications to as many people as possible, kind of at all costs. So I've, I learned a lot in that role, but I've also learned a lot since. So then the main goal was send as many emails to as many people as possible every single day. We had an incredible analytics team that was focused on segmentation. So when I was there, I really was kind of spoiled in terms of some of the best in class strategies I've seen even to this day in my career. We were implementing almost a decade ago. We were collecting a lot of data and actually trying to leverage it to make sure that when we did send those communications, at least they were going to an audience we were confident wanted to receive them. So if anyone shopped at Bath & Body Works, their big sellers are like body care, candles, wallflowers, hand soaps, things like that. So we could, at a bare minimum, siphon out, we know this person is an aggressive candle buyer. So if we have a candle sale or a new collection of candles, we want to make sure that that's the message that you're seeing primarily, even if other categories in the store are also on sale, like maybe there's new collections, but we're going to show you in the hero of your message, hey, candles are buy one, get one, or two for 24, or you know whatever they are these days. And then for other categories of buyers, we would kind of flip that strategy. Oh, you know, body care is on sale. That's the hero message you're going to get. And we would cross promote those other categories below. It's kind of common sense. It's not revolutionary when you explain it, but it's funny because what I have learned since is that that is revolutionary to this day for a lot of brands and a lot of companies. They say, send it to the whole list. Let me tell you that that is every marketer's, especially every email marketer's least favorite comment ever is when a, uh, an executive is just like, just send the email and it comes down to the marketing team. And they're like, well, who, who are we? Who can we send this to? Send it to everyone. That is not a strategy. That is a desperate tactic that folks who are not informed and are not actually thinking about the experience for their consumers will uh, employ. So let me caution you against doing that. But yeah, throwing it back to basics, I definitely say that's one of the biggest things I've learned from that role to now. Get your foundation right. Put yourself in the consumer's shoes. If it doesn't sound like you would want to receive every single email every single day from a specific brand, assume that your consumers also don't want to be communicated with. So if you just take that pause and say, like, why are we sending it? Who are we sending it to? Does this actually make sense to send it to this subset of our audience? That'll solve a lot of the marketing woes right from the get-go. And that's a perfect segue into my next question. So there's this viral hacker news thread recently, and I'll I'll include it in the the link in the show notes for the audience. But the title was, I only like the important notifications, not promotional ones, which seems like a pretty bold statement and, and sort of in line with some of the things you have learned. What does this mean, though, for someone who advises to send promotional messaging? I have long gone on record as a bad email marketer. Like, I am the email marketer with 67,000 unread emails in my inbox because I, you know, like anyone in our consumerist capitalist culture, makes purchases, signs up for discounts. Like we have trained everyone to just sign up for emails and now other channels as well. But I'll focus here for a minute. And then we become overwhelmed. I don't think it's a reach to say we've broken email. The Even the best email marketers who have the best intents and intentions and the best brands have broken email. Bath and Body Works is a send every day, multiple times a day brand to this day. Not much has changed in their email strategy from the you know near decade ago that I was there. 
I no longer get their emails because it's too much. Um, and I think that's what we're hearing from most consumers. Like, I cannot keep up with my emails. I can barely keep up with all of my personal texts. And now we're adding promotional uh, branded text messages into that equation. We are overloaded. We are just inundated and bombarded day in, day out with notifications and communications from brands and also from people we actually want to hear from, but we're putting the burden on people to have to siphon those messages out. So that's why we have things like filtering in Gmail. So people complain, especially on the marketing side. They're like, I don't want my my email to go to the promotions tab. Guess what? If it's a promotional email, that is where your email is supposed to go because the consumer is telling you that is where they want their branded emails to go. It's actually better for your brand when you do that. You know, me, Stephanie, I'm going to go to my inbox and say, I want to see what sales are happening or coupons I've received or whatever communications I've received from brands. It is going to be so much easier for me to actually find and engage with those messages if they're neatly separated out for me in something like the promotions tab. And if you don't like it on the consumer side, guess what? You can turn it off and then your inbox just goes back to being your inbox and it's in chronological order. We're putting that burden on people to say, hey, I have to put mechanisms in place to actually filter and sort all of these communications because it is impossible on the human level and on a brain level to actually keep up with them. And the irony here, and this is grab this and put it in the sound bites or whatever, because I'll, I'll die on this hill. Brands think that the solution to getting people to engage with their communications is just sending more and more and more communications rather than stopping and sending better communications. And I think that is such a big lesson that folks need to take away on the marketing side, on the, especially on the executive level side, like stop throwing so many messages at people. We're already overloaded. And if we can't keep up with the ones that we're getting day in, day out, and especially if I'm going to go out on a limb and say the, those promotional notifications are the majority of what we're seeing, If we have trained people to be bombarded and therefore, you know, overwhelmed, a lot of them are going to tune them out. They're going to ignore those messages. It's going to become harder and harder for non-promotional and therefore like emergency or priority notifications to even break through that clutter because we we just perceive them the same. It's a a new, you know, you've got mail, you've got a a new notification on your phone. You're just going to clear them away. You're going to hope that your inbox is sorting them for you. And it's going to become harder and harder to actually reach people. I really like the point you made about better messages. And that that actually feeds into one of my questions too, is as applications evolve, as software evolves, as websites evolve, right, and become more complex, notifications really become this sort of secondary user experience layer, right? It's this, it's, it's this medium to connect with your users in an experiential way. And, and what you're describing with the, the filters and the, you know, essentially the ability to filter and manage, and that's good, but there's also a master shutoff switch, right? There's a, there's a I'm going to opt out of all of these channels, and then you essentially cannot contact that user anymore. So how do we keep users from opting out of these critical user experiences? That is the million dollar question. Um, marketers would barely need jobs if we could actually answer that question because then everyone would just know what to do, right? I do think some of it is simple. So I will go back to some of that kind of common sense approach of we have so much data. We have so much data to the point that companies like Facebook and Apple and Google are putting privacy protections in place because they have access to so much of our data. 
on the consumer side, we pretty willingly give it up. We throw our email out like it's, you know, free candy to get that discount, to sign up, you know, for for the 10% off or, or whatever it is. People are not doing that with their phone numbers, though, which is interesting. So we, we willingly give up our contact information and we put it in the hands of these brands with the hope that when we give them our information, that they will then go ahead and actually use the data they have on us to provide useful and meaningful experiences. A good example of this not going uh, according to plan would be retailers that I spend a lot of money at. So I'll, I don't have a problem name dropping because I won't, I won't shame them, but uh, I think it was L.L. Bean and then certainly Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer is a good one. Also Old Navy. I have spent so much money at these brands. I have only ever purchased from their women's categories for these companies. I don't think I've ever even cross-purchased gifts. The only data that they should have on me is my email address, what I have purchased product-wise, and they should know that based on my deep, deep, deep purchasing history of many repeat purchases to the tune of a very high lifetime value, they should only be targeting me with women's focused communications, maybe a soft, you know, cross-sell for, for some huge promotion uh, that I might be interested in. But the primary focus of my communications should be, hey, this item of clothing or this product category from the women's line is what we're going to show you. I cannot tell you how many emails and texts I have received that are promoting men's or kids. I have never shopped from those categories. So why? In my emails that I get frequently, like at least multiple times a week from these folks, why am I seeing things that are not relevant to me? And I have told you with my money and with my many purchases, what I'm actually interested in. That is an experience shared by the millions of subscribers on these lists across many brands. And then we ask, why aren't they opening our emails? Why aren't they clicking our emails? Why don't they like our emails? Let's send more of them. You know, it's a vicious cycle. But when you break it down, it, I think it's laughable. Like, <laughs> I need some stand-up to take this and do it on stage because I do find it almost hilarious. Really, in terms of getting the right communications to people, take a pause. Figure out where your folks are coming in from. How did they find your brand? Did they sign up in-store? They probably want in-store communications. Are you an app? What types of communications are they looking for to help them navigate and better use the app that they downloaded? Are you an online store like a SaaS product or a retailer? Make sure that you're guiding folks back to your website or back to your, your web app and saying, hey, here's useful information based on the data you've given me. And most importantly, the actions that you have taken as a user, because that supersedes any sort of privacy issues. There's a lot of concern over data privacy, especially, uh, and Google's cracking down on cookies. So what we're even able to track um, and stitch together on the marketing side is going away. I interviewed someone on my podcast. Uh, her name is Val Geisler. She works at Klaviyo, and she described it as dumpster diving for data. That is what we have done on the marketing side for so long. We find these little disparate sources, we, we save cookies, we, we stitch things together, and then we say, ah, yes, we have a 360 view of the customer, we have all the data, we can provide the right experience, and alas, consumers are telling us we're failing at doing that. So what the nice thing is, is that if you just focus on the actual actions consumers are taking on your site... That is zero-party and first-party data. No one can take that away. That is a consumer willingly you know, telling you, hey, I'm, I'm giving you these signals, these be behavioral indications of what I'm interested in. And also a lack of action is just as much of a signal as an actual uh, behavior. So if they're not engaging with something, if they're not taking the next step to activate, 
a portion of your SaaS platform, or they're not exploring a certain product category. If you're a retailer, that is telling you that they're not interested in that, or maybe they need more education around that particular thing. Those signals are there. Brands and platforms alike need to just stop, listen to the signals, and actually use those to provide messages that are useful to the end user. I think you laid that out really well. And it's it's what is interesting is that is how Courier is approaching this problem. They are you know, using information, using signals from users and determining, you know, not just email, but across, you know, like SMS, across push notifications, you know, across in-app communications as well and figuring out, okay, what is the best way to contact this user based on what I'm trying to tell them and when I'm trying to tell them? That so I, I guess I, a question for you is if if you had a solution that you know allowed you to template your messages, put them on the one place, and then that engine was able to communicate to your consumers, your businesses, all of the above in an in a, an appropriate way that worked for them when they needed that message. That seems like it would have solved a lot of problems for you, but I don't want to speak for you. Is that true? That is it completely true. On the marketing side, the guiding light that we try to operate under is right message to the right person at the right time. And we like to pat ourselves on the back and think that we've done it, that we're we're good marketers and we're sending the communications that people want through the channel that they want to the device type that they want. We haven't. We, we really haven't done that. Um, we haven't done it very well because a lot of folks, again, are going back to the just send all of the communications, send more communications, and they're not actually breaking down Well, what communication, when, on what channel, and even what device um, in some circumstances? Like, it it is more granular now. It's more nuanced now. And it's harder for marketers because before, we mostly just had email. And that was hard enough. Email is hard in and of itself. Now, we are expecting mostly the same individuals, um, which sometimes is a one-person show. I've been in that role. Or a small team to layer on similar communications and translate those across other channels. There's like legal bounds around when you can send certain communications, largely on the text messaging side. That's a thing that has to come into play. So answering the the when question, you actually have to sit down and say, we need to make sure we are sending this in a window that is actually compliant. So I think, yes, any solution, and it sounds like this is exactly what Courier is really trying to position themselves to do, is answer that question of, okay, You have a communication uh, strategy, you're trying to improve the user experience through notifications and actually break down what channel should actually send that message, who should it go to, and what that communication timing is to make sure you're not just getting inundated across all of your channels at the same time. Those are the brands that have executives in place that say, just send the email, just send the text, just send the push. And oftentimes that comes down as a directive to the marketing team of send it to everyone and send it across all channels. Like it's the the giant, you know, that was easy, staples button or whatever. You have to pause and you have to ask yourself, if I were to get all of these notifications on my phone or on my computer, would I engage with them or would I unsubscribe or would I just ignore them? If you just take a few seconds to pause and ask yourself like, or your team or hopefully your executives, does this feel good? Are we, you know, are we actually communicating with people the way we would want to receive those communications? A lot of the times I think people would be surprised and say, you know what? No. (laughs) And if the answer is no, then just figure out what would be, you know, ask yourself what would be a better experience. 
So it starts with asking, it starts with looking at that data, putting the right platforms in place to help you do that for sure. And then putting yourself in the recipient's shoes. It's not that hard. It's hard, but it's not that hard. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation, Stephanie. I really appreciate you being on the show. Your knowledge in this space is is very apparent, and I appreciate you talking through email, SMS, notifications, and the things that are going on at, at Courier. So again, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. And there you have it from the marketing expert herself. How important it is to send the right message at the right time in the right place. And this concludes our Notification North Star series sponsored by our good friends at Courier. Check out the product at courier.com slash code story to learn more.